0: slash secret podcast. Don't miss out. This is going to transform your exam prep and help you enjoy the process of becoming a licensed architect. All right, enjoy the episode. Welcome to Design, Create, Inspire with me, Bryn Young. I'm an entrepreneur and designer specializing in residential and sustainable design. My background is in interior design and architecture, but also entrepreneurship and small business management. I have been running a successful award-winning design firm for over six years, and I'm here to discuss all things design and business. There are over 1 million podcasts to choose from right now, so thank you for taking the time to chat with me today. I hope to bring you value with every episode I create, so let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Design Create Inspire with me, Bryn Young. I am excited to talk to you today because I have a topic that, um, is kind of not so much talked about, I don't think, in the architectural and design world, but I'm really excited to talk about it because I think it is pretty imperative to kind of our success and how we even just like go through life. So, uh, first off, I do want to say thank you for, you know, bearing with me. Podcasting is new. I'm getting used to the whole setup. So, you know, each time I'm hoping my audio will get a little better and a little better. And then, um, you know, one day be killer. But for now, thank you for dealing with it. <laughs> um, so today I want to talk to you about limiting beliefs. So limiting beliefs are maybe things that you tell yourself or even something that you were raised to think, um, even something that like society teaches, all these different things that we've sort of ingrained in our brain to become beliefs. There's an awesome coach named James Wedmore, and he has a great podcast called Mind Your Business podcast. Definitely check that out. It's an awesome podcast. But I love it because he calls belief systems BS. And he just, you know, talks about how people's BS gets in their way. So basically, your belief systems can get in your way because you've been ingrained to think about these certain things all your life and they end up becoming a hindrance. They can. So I think this is really important to talk to about not only just for designers or anything like that, but just for anybody, whether you're wanting to start a business, you're wanting to start something new, really anything. I think this is a really great topic because once you start kind of pinpointing yours, you can start learning how to get through them. So I'm actually going to take you through 10 of my most limiting beliefs. And you know, this is a little personal, but, um, I think that, I, a lot of people will probably be able to relate, and I don't mind sharing. So, not only has each of these messages basically been said directly to me, but they're also all beliefs that I've just had to work on breaking. Either, like I said, like if they've been said to me growing up, or it's society saying it. So, I want to discuss it because I think it's something that can break us all kind of out of a mold. And There's, especially in architecture, there's definitely industry norms that can hold us back and really any single profession um, has these norms and I think that they can be broken. So limiting beliefs only do that. They just limit us basically from achieving our full potential. So luckily, each time I have been told one of these limiting beliefs, it's actually empowered me to kind of Break that mold. I'm definitely one of those um, kind of like, it's kind of bad to say, but I'm kind of like a stubborn, anti-authority type person, and or that's my personality. So if someone's going to tell me I'm limited because of my age or my gender or a status, I'm definitely going to try to do everything in my power to disprove that. So for me and my personality type, limiting beliefs have become um, like a challenge, but that's not for everybody. So I think pinpointing that limited belief that you have, and maybe you're not the type of person to take it on head first because someone tells you that. I just want to come in here to show that limiting beliefs are BS. And just because someone tells you you can or can't do something doesn't mean that you have to. So let's just get through it. What are my 10 limiting beliefs? Again, I'm, you know, a designer, so I'm going to be talking from kind of a business design architecture standpoint. So, and these aren't in any specific order. They're not in like one being the most profound for me. They're just in this order. So number one, your ideal clients are old, rich professionals. So for architecture, I've been told this is my ideal clientele that I want to market to. Maybe this is just a limiting belief, not only with architects, but for everybody. You know, I mean, thinking that the only people who want to invest in themselves or invest in architecture or that even have money are old rich people well, I guess rich is having money, but you know what I mean? It's, it's just not necessarily the case. So maybe someone believes that they can only afford an architect when they're old or, you know, and this kind of actually goes into, not from a business standpoint, but from just a a client standpoint, thinking that they can't afford, or they can't have an architect on their project because they're not at a certain status yet, but you know, there's a lot of young people purchasing homes every single day. And of course here in San Diego, it's a little harder to do that, but it still happens. And you know, an architect's fee is often not far from what a realtor's fee is. And this kind of um, like blows my mind because people don't bat an eye at paying their reali- realtor percentage fees when they're buying a house but then when it comes to architecture fees that again are very similar to a realtor's fees um it's kind of like a a big deal or they think that they can't afford it when really they kind of just did the same thing but with a realtor and actually usually a bit more because usually the price of the home is quite a bit more than what your remodel is for if you're doing like a remodel. So it's just something, you know, kind of to think about that's a limiting belief that maybe doesn't really have us think that. So I think this is something we all kind of need to think about and open our minds to. It it goes into the whole realm of like believing you have to be old in order to do anything or like be successful. And I am not going to totally dive into that belief here. I'm going to go into a little bit later, but, um, I decided to rework my thought process for this. So really my ideal client is really someone who's just excited to work with a design professional and values what we do. So you could be 22 just buying a house and find a lot of value in what an architect or a designer does and take, you know, take us on and work with us. You could be 70 and be the wealthiest person in the world and find no value in actually what an architect or a designer does, and you'll be the worst client ever, no matter how much money you have, no matter what age you are. So I think a lot of the what comes down to the ideal client is what what they're hiring you for, their perceived value of you. If you're having someone who's in the back of their mind constantly thinking, I'm just hiring you because I need a permit. I can do this all myself. Okay. Well, that's not your ideal client because they're going to nickel and dime you the whole time. Sorry. I am probably like going off on a tangent on just number one right now. This is, I should have done like a couple episodes of this. Okay. I got to, I got to digress. Okay. I'm just going (laughs) to, but yes. So I think your ideal client is who you make your ideal client, not just someone based on their status, and based on how old they are. So second limiting belief is you shouldn't appeal to a younger audience or your peers. And so this is like for me, that I shouldn't, um, you know, try to market to the younger audience, because limiting belief number one, that's not who your ideal client is. So first off, I can appeal to anyone, you know, It's you know, I can do whatever I want. Secondly, this goes into, like I said, the first limiting belief. Who's to say that the younger audience and my peers aren't my ideal client? I mean, I'm just going to remind you that one of the people who are on Forbes billionaire list is a 22 year old named Kylie Jenner who started a makeup brand. So, you know, in my mind, hell yeah, I would love to design a house for Kylie Jenner but she's 22. So should I not appeal or market to that person because she's not stereotypical who that ideal client is? So this also kind of shows that like limiting beliefs can snowball. If you have one belief, it could hold you back in a ton of different areas too. And again, these are just Beliefs that I've been told or things directly been told, advice I've been told about my business that um, have been like beliefs that I've had to work through and get over. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I'm happy to work with anyone who's excited to design, maybe starting a family, expanding their space, a young single woman who wants to design the House of her dreams, you know. I firmly believe that a client doesn't have an age or a gender but just has values and, and values what we do as a profession. Okay, number three kind of goes into this too. <laughs> um, if you are young and cool, or if you're I'll, I'll keep the young to the other one, if you're cool or you give off cool personality, you will not be a high paid architect. Okay. This one literally told to me in a, I can quote it. I can name off so many cool designers who are very successful. I mean, I can think of two, probably like the most, um, they're actually like my biggest inspirations as designers and architects who are also some of the top designers in the world, Bjark Ingels and Kelly Wurstler. And both of them are totally like outside the box, zero F's given. I don't know if I can cuss on this podcast. I guess it's mine. I can do what I want. But I mean, Brock Angles has constantly been put down because of his age, because he was, didn't really care what anyone was thinking and wanted to do cool designs. And so he just kind of did what he wanted. And he did get a lot of flack for it. Like he, he, there's been tons of write-ups about him I mean he was like 30 I think when he started his company um and he did get a lot of flack but now he has skyscrapers in New York City so I think that goes into a whole nother podcast about like um not really caring about rejection but I think that his you know zero, again, zero F's given approach and taking risks and not apologizing for anything and just being himself. And same with Kelly, like just, she, you know, wears Doc Martens and cut off shorts, but she's wearing a hard hat and she's at a construction site for a million dollar project. So just because she is pretty rad doesn't mean she's not going to get the cool projects. So, This has actually been one of the limiting beliefs that has been kind of tough for me. Um, I haven't always felt like I could really show my true side because I was nervous I wasn't going to be taken seriously. So, you know, but what I've realized is that as soon as I started or I start becoming inauthentic, it shows and it just doesn't work. People perceive that inauthentic in authenticity or the lack of authenticity I should say. Um, and there's just something that doesn't come across right. And I'm gonna say like this hasn't been easy. I mean I only recently started feeling comfortable wearing my nose ring to client meetings, not hiding the tattoos that I have while I'm on the board of directors at the historical society. I mean, you know, I I I wanted to to become this successful powerful person. And to me, I was nervous that certain attributes might not allow me to be taken seriously. But if Kelly and Burke have taught me anything, it's do you and don't worry about what anyone's going to say. Because if people like you, then they'll hire you. If they don't like you, they'll hire someone else. And that's best for everyone because you're not going to be right for everybody. And this also kind of goes into like, getting to a confidence level where I've been able to like be comfortable in my own skin in front of clients. So number four, architects aren't successful until after 50. So I was told in, in school and, you know, I mean, this is told all, if you talk to any architect, ask them and that architects hit their stride at about 50, you know, before that, you're kind of just like a cad monkey and you're just kind of getting by, but most great architects don't start producing, you know, their well-known work after 50. And there's not, I mean, there's a truth in that for sure. But with that, it's like, you don't have to believe that that's the only way that can happen. And that goes back to Bjarke Engels being super young in his thirties and designing. And yeah, people didn't necessarily trust it or, you know, there was a lot of judgment, but he did it. And he, he wasn't held back by, oh, I shouldn't put myself out there because I'm 30. I shouldn't put myself out there because I'm 40. I need to wait till I'm 50. So this one is one that has really been something that I've held on to. I mean. Um, Experience definitely comes with age, but you know, young minds have developed some of the most innovative, creative designs. A lot of the billionaires right now are like, you know, there's like 22 to 25 year olds. And it's not that that's the norm, of course, but it happens. And age is just a number. And if everyone's threatened by your age, again, I'm going to go back to what I said before, they're not meant to be a client. Number five, big limiting belief for me, and this is Pretty much, like goes into because of the other one is don't tell them how old you are; they won't hire you. I have always been an old soul. I have been wanting to be an adult forever, and I think it's a couple reasons. One, because I always thought I wouldn't be taken seriously until I'm an adult. A um, two, because of the other limiting belief that. I want to be a successful architect. Well, I'm not going to be able to do that until I'm 50. So damn it. I want to be 50. (laughs) So, um, it was hard. I started my business really young. I was, you know, I got my business license when I like, I like went to the city and got my Be young design business license when I was 24. And that was young. And I think I did my first big remodel, like two-story edition, 2,000-square-foot remodel when I was, it was right about that time. It was like 2004, or I mean, I was uh, 24 or 25. And it was scary. I was like constantly, and and I, and I mean scary only because I felt like, I don't want them to find out my age because if they find out my age, they're not going to trust me and they're not, they're going to want to not have me as their designer. Well, I can tell you I've done some of the best design work of my life in my twenties. With that said, I am 30, so I haven't got to experience yet what I will do in my thirties. I know it will be wonderful, but age is just a number, and. When I hit 30, I was like, oh, finally, I'm at an age where people might start be able to take me seriously. And it's just like this really double edged thing because nothing really happened. I mean, yeah, I've gained more experience, but if someone starts working at 18, they're going to have a lot of experience by the time they're 27. If someone starts working at 27, say someone like went through school, went through college, never worked or anything until they were done with school, and they started working at 27, well, that person at 27 is going to have a lot less experience than the person who started at 18. So. secret podcast. Don't miss out. This is going to transform your exam prep and help you enjoy the process of becoming a licensed architect. All right, back to the episode. This has been something that I've definitely had to work through and be comfortable with, and it still is the case because it is true that you know half my clients are older, and I'm a lot of times the age of their kid, and I don't want to come across as their kid. I want to come across as a professional, but I think that just comes down to how you work and um, your professionalism, so this is definitely a limiting belief that I think is very real for a lot of people, but Again, it's kind of all about confidence. Okay. Number six, we're getting through this. Thanks guys for sticking with me. I'm, uh, I tend to go a little bit more on tangents more than I thought I would. <laughs> so number six, if you have fun with your business, you're not taking it seriously. No, just no. <laughs> Someone literally said this to me. Like it looked like I was having too much fun and basically like, be careful because you want people to take you seriously. Okay. That is just the biggest BS I've ever heard. The biggest, worst belief system ever. If you are having fun, that means you care what you're doing and you're going to work your ass off to do it. I mean, like this podcast, I'm not getting paid for this podcast. I it's fun for me. I'm, I have been wanting to create this content and share this content for so long that it's fun for me. So I'm having fun with it, but I'm feeling like I'm bringing value to people and having fun with your business is literally key. So I think the idea that if you're starting to have fun with it or get excited about it or be a little more free with it, that maybe you're going in the wrong direction. I think it's actually the complete opposite. And I think that you're doing amazing. Um, I would hope that any successful person, especially someone that I'm going to hire is going to be fun and is going to love their business. And so if they are, that means that they'll be engaged, they'll be happy, and then likely they'll be awesome to work with because they're happy people. And people say love what you do, but if you have a limiting belief that also says that you can't have fun with it, you're never going to love what you do. Okay, number seven. Number seven is a sensitive subject. <laughs> I'm, get, I'm getting deep with you guys. Number seven is if you don't have a man on your team, you will lose clients. This one. All right, guys, this was actually said to me. And it was actually said to me by someone that I know really well and I care about and who believes in me and believes in my business. It wasn't said to me by a stranger but the, the, literally was said to me and it made me furious when I heard it. And I instantly was pissed off. And, and I was instantly like, Nope, that's not true. That's ridiculous. Who would even say that? Of course, that's not the case. That's sad that, you know, a client might be thinking that, but that's not the case. But it doesn't mean that that limiting belief didn't Put a seed in my mind, and kind of sit there, because I kept thinking, "Well, if someone else is thinking that, even if I know that that's not real, that may be a limiting belief that other people have." Well, and obviously, because it was said to me, so it 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 kind of wore away with me. And being a young woman in architecture does create obstacles. I mean, even now in twenty twenty, I've been on jo- i I have been on job sites going through, reviewing what's been done. Nine times out of 10, people think I'm the owner, unless the contractors know me by then. Most subcontractors think I'm the owner whatnot. And I mean, I guess that's flattering because they think I own nice houses. <laughs> but I, I'm rarely ever looked at as the designer. And, and I don't know. I guess that's fine. I guess it's just, that's just the culture we live in and we're trying to get over it. And people like to say that it is all equal, but it's not. I mean, if you are a woman and you're in this field, you will know that we do face things all the time, but you have to be strong. And maybe it just makes us better designers in the end, because we do have to overcome these really shitty belief systems that people have. And, you know, I'm going to say it again. If someone doesn't want to hire me because I'm a woman or because of my age, then I don't want them as a client. Easy done, no apologies ever, because if they have any limiting beliefs like that, there's no way they're going to treat me right as a professional. It's interesting, though, because as a woman, you kind of have to have that thought process where you may be losing clients based on your gender. So it's very interesting. But you know what? That's a limiting belief that... I don't, I don't adhere to (laughs) anymore. Okay. Number eight, don't drive a nice car. It'll give off the wrong message. So anyone here, raise your hand, read rich dad, poor dad. Hi, I was raised on it. Basically, (laughs) It's been a while, but basically the main message I gained from it, and I, like, I haven't read it in years and years and years, but like the main takeaway I have from it is that the neighbor that drives the beat-up Honda is the millionaire, and the neighbor that drives the Porsche next door is actually in debt and poor. And this is very much the way I was raised. And having expensive things not only will mean you are instantly be poor, but it also gives a bad message to everyone else. Especially if you are like an architect or someone working on a job site, showing up to a client's house in a nice car is a terrible idea. All, all they'll see is, oh, my money's buying them. They're nice cars. Well, okay guys, first of all, yeah, hopefully we don't work for nothing. Hopefully you're a really awesome architect and you're building really cool shit, and people are paying you great money to do that because they value you, and now you can buy awesome cars. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I think we just need to break that down for a second, because if you're, if you see like a businessman or a doctor or anyone who makes good money driving a nice car, are you thinking like, "Ooh, my money bought bought that? Like money's just a source of like exchange. So So I'm going to, you know, I'm going to give you this source of money in exchange for the value that I'm perceiving so that you can design me a nice house. What you choose to do with that is whatever, not a big deal. I mean, everyone chooses to spend their money how they want. And just because someone has a nice car doesn't have any reflection on the client, any reflection on their finances, literally anything. I mean, an architect should be making good money and it's actually known in the industry. Architects always complain about how they don't make good money. There's like three architects that I know that are making bank, drive nice cars, aren't afraid of it. And it's awesome. And that's how we should be. We shouldn't be, you know, we should appreciate our value, charge for it. Our clients should appreciate our value and want to, to pay for that. Um, and what whatever car you drive shouldn't have any reflection on anything like that. So again, this is something that like I was raised with. So this is like ingrained in me. So it's something I've had to like actively change. So changing this belief for me looks like this: when I see someone driving a nice car, I'm stoked for them. I'm like, wow, that's so awesome. They must be killing it. They're enjoying themselves. They're successful. They're happy it's awesome. And I'm sure not all people who drive Lambos are happy. And I'm sure not all people who drive, you know, Mercedes aren't in debt or, you know, Tesla's aren't in debt, but I know that not all of them are depressed. And I know not all of them are poor. That's a limiting belief that serves no benefit to me. So by looking at that in a positive way, it sends out this positive energy that will allow myself to feel comfortable with being successful or, um, you know, comfortable with that value. Number nine, save all your money, invest, and only hire someone who you can bill out for. So this is going into a little more of like, um, business ownership. And it's true. Like you don't want to bring on a team that you can't afford and you're paying out of pocket and everything, but this is a, um, a money belief that I think doesn't totally serve you. Because if you cannot afford to hire someone, if you have a business, a lot of times it's because you haven't hired them. If you hire somebody who, say you're working a ton of hours, you're taking on a lot, well, it's because you haven't hired someone like I, you know, I've been in positions where I'm putting projects on hold, putting them on a wait list because it's just me. I haven't hired anybody and I have these projects that are willing to pay and willing to do the work, but I don't want to hire anyone because I have this limiting belief that, you know, I, if I hire someone, the projects will go away. I'll be paying someone out of the pocket, all this stuff. You know, if you hire people, you can take on more work and you can grow. And that even, even in a business, so like I'm going to talk, talk about like a design firm, even hiring someone who you're not billing out for, which is like that limiting belief is huge. It can reduce your stress time to allow you to work on the things that are important to you or that you love. Like say you love designing, but you hate the the marketing or the social media aspect of your firm. Okay, we'll hire someone. Yeah, you can't build out for that, but by having them do that side, you're able to work on your side, the marketing, I mean, sorry, the design, the, the actual like fun sketching and whatever side you like. there, the marketing and everything's still getting done, and also more clients are going to come in because your projects are going to be better because you're focused on the design and your marketing is still epic because you have someone working on it. So it's kind of like a double-edged sword. Like, is that the right term? (laughs) Uh, Well, or like the, you know, you you can't hire them because, or you can't afford them because you're not hiring them. You can't hire them because you think you can't afford them. So um, this is something that I recently have been playing around with. And it's been incredible. I hired someone and, um, that I'm not billing out for, and it's been a life changer. And, you know, I can focus on the things I love. My stress level has gone down. It's valuable. So this is a limiting belief. I'm currently in the works or I'm currently working through. All right, guys, number 10, you made it. Thank you for staying with me. Number 10 is a big one people are already doing it and the market is saturated. So I shouldn't. This is a huge one. This is a big one that again, has been something recently that I've been working with. Um, first off, a realization that I came to probably within like the last week is I think you absorb whatever you are interested in. So not only like, well, I mean, first of all, how many of us have been having a conversation about something, go on Facebook or Instagram or something, and an ad pops up for that thing, you didn't type it into Google, you didn't do anything, and all of a sudden, you're getting an ad. ad. And yes, there's like, um, you know, the algorithms, advertising is insane right now. It's all like a subliminal hypnosis. (laughs) We can get into that later. But um, but it's also like the energy you put out. So I think the energy you put out, like what you're focused on, you're also going to be seeing it everywhere. It's like, it's another example. I remember when I was a kid and it's like not even, it's so weird, but I loved Jeep Grand Cherokees, the car. And so I would see them everywhere. And it's like that, like you decide you want a certain car, you end up seeing it everywhere. And you're like, oh my God, wait, everybody has this car. Do I still want it? Everybody has it. Well, it's the same thing with... Doing a business, like starting a business or marketing. I think that when you start deciding you want to do something, like even a podcast, I do know everyone and their mom and their cat has a podcast. But I started, before I started, I started feeling like, oh, maybe I shouldn't do it because like the market's saturated. Literally everybody's doing a podcast. But who cares? First of all, I'm probably like, like channeling and seeing that everybody and their mom and their cat are doing a podcast because it's what I want to do. So I'm focusing on that. But also it doesn't matter because, for example, I'll use the podcast. Everyone has a different message. Everyone has a different delivery. And you are, everyone is unique. So the value that you put into what you do may be completely different than how someone else is going to do it. So it's not worth not doing it because you're scared someone else is doing the same thing, just do it because you're most likely going to do it a little bit different. And you might relate to people that the other podcasts, you know, the, some, for some reason, people don't, some people don't like, I don't know, the sound of their voice or something like that. So you just never know. I mean, think of how many fitness People there are out there, or how many gyms are out there? Oh my gosh, I used to live in La Jolla. There's a freaking gym every other shop, like every shop, but there's still gyms that end up killing it and doing really well. So you just never know. So it's not worth not doing it because people are already doing it. And also, we're in 2020, people are pretty much doing everything. I mean, there are, I mean, Zoom, look at Zoom, Zoom, I mean, Skype was already doing it. What if the guys at Zoom? are now also on the Forbes billionaire list think of if they were like oh no Skype you can't do it well they blew up so you just never know and again I'm going to say like each one of these they're still limiting beliefs that like I'm working through or or getting through and everybody has their own limiting beliefs it's not like these are the same ones for you um, but sometimes you just have to trust yourself and your own intuition and not let your limiting beliefs that get handed down to you hold you back. Um, you know, sometimes it's not worth taking other people's advice. I think that all the time, especially when you're trying to start out a business, you want to seek out everyone's advice. Um, honestly, if I had listened to different people's advice, I probably wouldn't have gone to architecture school. I probably wouldn't have put focus on my business. I probably wouldn't be sitting here on a podcast talking to you and you know, so sometimes you just have to go for it and don't think twice about it and don't think of what other people are doing or judging you because there's always going to be someone judging you and that's just their own belief system that they need to get through. I also want to say too, like back with the, sometimes it's not worth taking other people's advice. I've also learned that I'm a little selective with, even information I give out because I don't necessarily want that advice. Like starting a podcast, I probably didn't tell one person that I was planning on doing it because I didn't really want to hear other people's advice. I was excited about it. I knew I wanted to do it and I didn't want to have those little seeds of judgment or opinions in my head. So I can only basically like brush the surface of this topic. Obviously it's like, very deep, especially in like a single episode. So I decided I want to dive deeper into this, not only in a general way, but in a personal specific way. I wanted to dive deeper into like the actual stories of some of the beliefs of why I have these. Um. So I've officially developed a course series. I'm very excited about this. It's definitely something I'm passionate about. And the first course in the series is all about mindset. So If you not only want to hear how, like, steps I took to overcome these, but also talk specifically about those, some of those stories, um, definitely come join the course. Enrollment is open now until September 27th uh, because the course starts the 28th. And so I'm going to be talking about kind of more about this, but dive down, dive into it a little bit on a deeper level. And then um, I'm also going to give tools, and stuff to help you guys move through anything that you're dealing with, with confidence. And um, we're even going to do like lives where we can talk back and forth about, you know, maybe there's a certain limiting belief that is so ingrained that you don't think it's possible to get through. It's something we're definitely going to talk about. So I'm going to leave you with one thing is that confidence comes with competence. So practice brings the confidence. So if you're maybe feeling some of these limiting beliefs, just keep practicing the opposite or keep practicing whatever you're doing in order to gain, gain some confidence to be able to get past those limiting beliefs. All right, guys. I know this was a little bit of a longer one today. Thank you for hanging in there with me. You can find me at be Young Design on Instagram and on Facebook. Um, I actually just started a private Facebook group. It is only for women, but it is called Design, Create, Inspire. And it's pretty incredible. We have some really awesome women in there, very powerful. And we're just talking about design and business. And I mean, we have singers in there. We have architects, interior designers, marketing gurus. We've got VAs. We've got kind of it all. So if you are female and you want to get in that definitely go over on facebook and join us again the courses can be found on my website beyoungdesign.com slash courses and if you have any questions definitely shoot us an email or a dm and we will answer anything you have please rate and review us so that more people can find us thanks so much guys have a good one